Thank you for tuning in to MoneyTube with Miss Moneybags, where we talk all things money. So regardless of your current financial situation, we've got you covered. We discuss current market trends and topics that are most important to you. I'm your host, Nicole Williams, a.k.a. Mortgages by Nick with Mortgage Alliance, Canada Mortgage Network, License 11012. Thank you for tuning in. So today I wanted to talk on a topic, something that I was introduced to, um, more so an author that I was introduced to, not necessarily the topic, the topic I was already familiar with, but I really loved how this author, her name is Lynn Twist, and her book was um, The Soul of Money. Um, more recently, I was watching Super Soul Sundays on the OWN Network. Not certain if you're familiar with that um, show, but it basically is a show that Oprah Winfrey is the host of on her own network, which discuss things such as, um, you know, spirituality, religion, living and life. And I found it very interesting um, having her having Lynn Twist, the author of The Soul of Money, on because Lynn discussed the concept of how money and how it relates to our lives and how we choose to spend our money is in direct correlation with um, our, our own souls and our own, um, our own uh, possibilities as humans, things that we want, things that we um, sometimes subconsciously put out there in the world. She talked about how our spending habits determine or are an indication more so of the roots of our own subconscious and the things that are most important to us. So the things that we choose to spend our money on are the indications of what we value. Um, things such as, um, you know, how much are we spending on material things? Is this an indication of the material individual that we are? Are we people that spend money on, on, on our church and resources on that na- of that nature? This shows, you know, that obviously we put our church in a high regard when it comes to where we choose to put our, our funds and our money? Are we people that give back to the community, you know, that will then indicate that we are community givers? Are we people that are philanthropic, that believe in giving back to those less fortunate? Are we people that are going to be spending money on a lavish lifestyle, the jet life, you know, high-end goods, being in a big home? That also speaks to who we are at the root of it all. Are we people that when somebody is in need, no matter the cost or the situation, we will help to find a way to help them out? I found Lynn's twist so compelling that I actually went out and I got her book, um, The Soul of Money, because I just wanted to explore. So a lot of the concepts that she spoke on weren't necessarily new to me. But I like the fact that somebody had been able to articulate this um, concept so well. Um, She talks specifically about um, her own experience with money and how she said raising her children, she always believed that her family was top priority. Her children were top priority. But when she began to take stock 
of what she spent her money on. And this she did by just going through her old checkbook to see what she was writing her checks on and just to kind of examine um, her own spending. She realized that a lot of her spending was on nannies and child caregivers. And she's not saying that um, by having child caregivers that you're less, um, you know, that you that you think about your family or your children less than somebody who takes physical primary care of their children. She's not saying that. But what she's saying is she discovered that by being um, independent, self, 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 um, sorry, uh, like a self-employed individual, that she thought that it gave her the wherewithal and the ability to spend more time with her children, to invest in her children um, from an emotional and a physical standpoint that she perhaps wasn't able to do prior to when she was in a nine to five, you know, working corporate America. Um, but what she realizes, even so, even with all that she was doing, she actually wasn't spending the amount of time that she thought that she would with her children. And this was shown through, um, you know, obviously her checkbook and how much she was spending on childcare. And so even though she felt like she was physically there, she actually wasn't really there. Um, also, when it came time to when she had her first grandchild, I remember um, this was, This is something that really stuck out to me. She thought by then she was, you know, a big on, um, uh, social activist, somebody who gave to a lot of third world countries, you know, quote unquote. She spent a lot of time helping to uh, raise money and do fundraising to help the less fortunate. So she thought that she had a really great social consciousness when it came to how she gave back and where she put her money. But when she had her grandchild, she realized that all sense of reality had kind of left her. She was spending money unnecessary, buying things that the child didn't necessarily need because she um, equated it as saying, this was how she was taught or conditioned to show love, that you show love by showering one with a lot of gifts, even if these gifts are not necessary for your day-to-day -day survival. And she said she recalled a time when her son, because uh, she was planning a big shopping trip with her daughter-in-law and her daughter, and she remembers that prior to her going out, her son gave her a call and said, Mom, you know, I know you're going to meet, you know, my wife and my sister and you guys are going to do this big shopping trip to buy for, you know, the, the grandchild. But I want to let you know that we choose to purchase from only retailers that do not um, support child labor laws. Sorry, that, that do um, function in countries that have child labor laws and that are not using child labor. We choose to only use or support vendors who are using um, organic type materials when it is time for us to purchase, you know, specifically looking at the materials that they're using, the types of dyes that they may using, are these things harmful to the environment? We spent a lot of time investigating that these companies, how do they treat their employees? Are they treating their employees with love and respect? Or are they just kind of churning them in and out? So her son basically then gave her an aha moment, a moment where she said, even though I am this big social activist, I wasn't realizing where I was actually 
spending and investing my money. So even though she gave to a lot of um, worthy causes and she did a lot when it came time for fundraising for worthy causes, her day-to-day life did not reflect what she was doing. So was she consciously making an effort to know where she was spending her dollars? And it wasn't until her son brought this to her attention related to the purchasing of clothes for her grandchild that she realized, I have a whole lot more to, to learn about the social consciousness of how I spend my money and the fact that money has a soul. Because through um, the utilization of this resource, we can choose to impact many, many lives and impact environmental movements and impact social movements in ways that sometimes we don't even think about. You know, Lynn also talks about the scarcity mentality and how people are always vibing and fighting, trying to get a place, um, you know, and trying to build themselves on the backs of others because they think that if you have, then I lose. And, you know, I've heard this concept many times before, and it's something that I'm already familiar with. But I love the fact that we get these little daily reminders that, you know, money only has the power in which we give it. There actually is no power in money. It is just a tool. It is just a resource. But unfortunately, we as humans have kind of transferred all this power into the, this currency that in actuality is, is, is fictitious. It doesn't really exist outside of us giving it the power, you know, um, which is what we've done in today's societies. We've transferred all of this power into the dollar bill, and then it leads people to feel that we have to constantly be fighting and fighting and fighting to get more and more and more when in actuality we don't need to. And it takes away the humanity, you know, in society, the humanity in how we we treat one another and how we love. And then we put all these labels on one another as to, you know, they're, they're the haves and they're the haves nots, you know, and you can have a society that is filled with a lot of um, resources and be rich in so many other things. But because they do not have that dollar bill, you know, people will look at them and say, oh, they are the have-nots. This all comes back to the scarcity mentality. It's the mentality that if you have, then I don't have. So I have to do whatever it takes to be able to get to that next level, even if it's standing on the backs of others. And, you know, um, Many years ago, like I said, when I was first introduced to this concept, it really gave me a shift in perspective. It really, it shifted me in so many ways because I realized that there is no scarcity. Resources are abundant, you know, and as such, we have been given this world and we must honor and respect it. You know, we must honor and respect our fellow human. We shouldn't necessarily think that because that person has that I must be envious and grudgeful and try to take from them. Or because they have, then I can't have. That's, that, that's crazy. I've always been of the, the, the mindset that if this person can achieve this, it's like, wow, you've been able to achieve this. This is amazing. How can I replicate that? I never look at someone and say, I'm grudgeful um, of what they have. I just look at it and say, how can I learn from their successes? 
What clues have they left? Because their success leaves clues. It always leaves clues. What success that they've attained does not stop me from attaining my own success. And I really appreciated Lynn, Lynn's, um, you know, take on the scarcity mentality and the fact that it kind of brought me back to that moment of when I re- realized that it, it, that's all a farce. It's, it's all a lie. It's all a concept that we as humans create for ourselves because we, we want to make it seem like if there's only $100 in the world and if you have 80, that means I can only have 20. And that's so far from the truth. You know, we, we are sufficient. And she also talked about the truth of sufficiency. And she talks about the surprising truth of sufficiency and um, the fact that um, we have enough, we are enough, and that money flows. And when we allow money to flow through us, you know, opening our hands as opposed to keeping them clenched, you know, um, when we are asked to be givers, be giant givers, money is supposed to flow through us and sufficiency is, 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 is enough for us all. You know, there was so many great things that she discussed. And um, as I said, I, I was so blessed by this conversation that she had with Oprah um, on the soul of money because it really reminded me of what is important. And I'm going to say to you guys, you know, the listeners out there, what is important to you? Yes, money is important, but money should not have control over us. Money is simply a tool. It is a tool. And I agree with Lynn and I, I agree with so many other major thought leaders out there that says that those who harbor and hoard money, you know, they will never have. They will never have enough. You know, you cannot be a hoarder of money. Money must flow. Today I might have 100. Tomorrow I might give 80 away. Today I might get back 50. Tomorrow, I might give 40 away. Tomorrow, I might get 30, and I might just turn around and give that full 30 away. Money must flow. We must get out of the scarcity mentality. You know, there is soul to money. How are we spending our money? Are are, are our habits in line with our morals? You know, are they in line with what's our priorities in life? Are they in line with our own um, desires, our own goal, our own goals, our own truths? You know, um, it reminds me of some individuals. And I, I remember when I used to work at one of the major banks and I used to do investments for individuals and they would come in and say specifically, I do not want to invest in companies that are tobacco based. That right there is somebody subconsciously saying that I do not want to put my money in this particular area. They've recognized the soul of their money. It's also like I've had people say to me, I don't want to invest in companies that um, do drilling of oil. You know, that is being conscious of the soul of money because your money um, will flow And it has the power to flow, but you have to make sure that it's in line with your own um, moral code, your own moral standard. And again, we are sufficient. There is enough to go around. 
Get out of this scarcity mentality. I was so blessed by this conversation that I wanted to share it with you out there today. And like I said, if you have not heard of Lynn Twist, I would strongly recommend that you check her out and check out her book, The Soul of Money. I greatly, greatly recommend it as a read. And if you have the opportunity to see the Super Soul Sunday episode that aired on OWN with Lynn Twist, I would also recommend that as well. Okay, well, that is our show for this week. If you would like to book a strategy session with me to explore your current financial situation, email with the subject line strategy session to moneytube.ca at gmail.com. I will be honored if you would share this episode with someone you know that is looking to get their money right by improving their current money situation. And let's face it, who isn't? Thank you so much, money tubers. Let's use this week to take some positive actions towards us getting our financial life. Until next time.